Britton, I wonder how many people will never pray about the mundane things in their life because they think God doesn't care and they don't want to bother Him with it. Yeah, absolutely. And you I know what that is? Pride. Pride. Yep. Pride. Welcome to the Tabernacle Podcast with John Vermilia and me, Britton Bishop. What's up, John? What is up is I am wondering, is anyone actually listening to this podcast? Is Britton, can you give me... out there? Yeah, is anybody <laughs> out there? Is uh, anybody out there? Yeah, we have some people listening to this podcast. Actually, we um we have this fancy little app. So this is this will be fun just to give the podcast family some, some updates of where their fellow podcast family is listening from. We have this cool little app called Anchor. And uh, it tells us your name and whether you listen to the whole episode. Or, no, I'm just kidding. It doesn't yeah. tell us that much. <laughs> and what you rated but it. <laughs> we have listeners in the United States. Of course. Canada. Mexico. Nice. Israel. The United Kingdom. Thank you, Victoria. I don't know how to say the M one. Say that one. Malawi. Yeah, Malawi. We didn't cover that word in Oklahoma schools. Nice. And then the Congo. So the we have Congo. listeners in all those places. Africa, man. So this app tells us that and uh, tells us who's listening, how they're listening, all that stuff. So it's pretty cool. I'm excited. Our Shout biggest, out our to Malawi Our biggest demographic and is Congo. people your age. My age? 45 to 59 is our biggest group of uh, listeners. So you were supposed to I'm going to need in, the young, adult, young adults to figure it out. You were supposed to pull in the young adults. They're too busy. Yeah, they're all too cool. They're way too busy. But yeah, so I'm excited. This is part two of our prayer episode. Wait and, a second. Uh, why don't we do more, though? Why don't we do more episodes? Yeah. Well, Has anyone asked you why we don't put out more than one a week? Uh, actually, and what can we do to get more? I feel like every about every week, um, whether it's Sunday... Or Saturday night service, somebody's like, "Hey, man, the podcast, I really enjoy it. Would you guys? Why don't you guys post more a week?" And the the short answer is, "Well, if you tithe more, we could pay people to do the other." No, I'm just kidding. Tithe I'm just more, kidding. We, we could pay people to do the other jobs that we have to exactly. do. Exactly. No, I think the key That's is a joke. Yes, smile. Yeah, Remember, down. calm down. That's yeah, right. just calm, calm down. down. Just choose just, joy. Yeah. Smile a little bit more. Choose because, joy and give more. Yeah. <laughs> We're not, it was kind of a joke, but I don't we're know. We're not if it prosperity was or not. gospel. Yeah. We're just blatant. You should be more generous with God, <laughs> so we can do more podcasts. Uh, and this episode's already over because most people turned it off. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. stick with us. But uh, yeah, this is part two of our prayer episode. Uh, we had a lot of fun last week, just kind of freestyling. It was our best attempt at if Eminem was a preacher doing a podcast. We kind of just freestyled, <laughs> did our thing, and it was. I think, I think reference. I think we had more fun than uh, we've had doing the podcast in a while, outside of getting wisdom bombs dropped on us by people like foster and victoria and uncle charlie uncle charlie so but yeah john do you want to kind of for those of them that are just joining if you're just joining and you want to go back and push pause and go back and listen to part one you can or if you want to knock this one out then go back that's fine but uh yeah john why don't you tell them where we're at yeah we're in matthew chapter six and we're looking at 10 verses verse 5 through 15 and we covered uh four of them already uh, and and just the highlight reel was first, it, you know, it's Jesus talking, and he's telling his uh, disciples how to pray. And we're followers of Jesus, so we want to know how to pray. And he started out by saying, don't be like the hypocrites who pray in order to be seen and in order to be noticed. So don't do that, all right? that's You pray to God. You not pray for the other people that are listening. And you know, I had a thought about that um, that we didn't mention before. Sometimes people will pray that way. 
is they're talking to God, but they're really not. They're talking to everyone else in the room. Have you ever had that moment when somebody's praying and you're like, I think they're talking about me? I think yeah. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's a hypocritical prayer. Yeah. It's like when you pray, you're supposed to address the king on the throne, yeah. right? Secondly, in verse six, he said uh, that we should pray in secret. It doesn't mean we can never pray publicly, but it's saying that your prayers should be intimate. And the private prayers of the you know, the youngest believer, the smallest child, the saltiest saint, you know, uh, God hears those prayers. Verse 7, he said, when you pray, don't use empty phrases and many words. So uh, I think we were talking before the podcast. When you pray, just talk normal. Right. You don't – in fact, don't say thee and thou or I'm going to slap you. Yeah, and no one knows what travel <laughs> mercies actually are. Yeah, what is a traveling mercy? Yeah, traveling mercy. Uh, My mom's probably going to correct me and, and tell me what a traveling mercy is. I'm sure she knows. Um, and then lastly, uh, Jesus said to us that when we pray – our Father, He says, your Father knows what you need before you ask. And remember, we had referenced that in, uh, in other places in Scripture, I think in the book of Hebrews, it says, when you pray, the Holy Spirit actually prays with you with groans that human beings can't even understand, meaning He knows what you really need. And so that's actually, uh, or should be, comforting to us, yeah. that God knows better what we need or even what we mean when we pray. So that's what I mean when I say God translates for us. Yeah, so, and yeah. I think that that was comforting for me because I think even sometimes as somebody that's in full-time vocational ministry, whatever that means, but um, is it's like, man, like, am I saying the right things? Like when I'm looking at praying for foundry or praying for um, our Sunday services, right, our rattle, whatever it is, am, am I praying for the right things? And it's like, Calm down, like quit acting like the words that you can muster up are going to be what changes people's lives or changes your ministry, but it's God alone. So that was comforting oh, for me to understand that it's like, it's not just about always casting the right vision and saying the right, right things and praying, but it's like, just be faithful and obedient to saying yes when he does answer, whether it's the way you want it to go or not. So I think that's a key piece too. But that was comforting for me as we were digging into that and knowing that this advocate helper was actually here to help with everything, not just the pieces of can i think often we just associate the holy spirit with well it convicts me of my sin and that's its job here on earth is yeah. it just keeps me right but it's like it does it's so much more than that and i think so often it's good to be reminded that it's a helper more than a discipliner oh that yeah and, and in fact some something you said before the podcast i don't know if you were going to save this for later but you related it to uh, me as a father like you were talking to me and said, hey, when you communicate with your kids, how did you say that? You, you said you don't just communicate them when they're doing right. – or you communicate like, with them when they're doing something The only something time wrong. you talk to your kids isn't when you're disciplining them. Right. right? You want to have a relationship. You want to have conversations. You want to know how your day was. And it's not always so you can get on to Benji to make him a better man so that he'll fix all the problems. Like, no, I just want to be your dad. I want to be in relationship with you. Right. And I think that – um. That, that's a key piece that I, I see often and and uh, early on in my prayer life that I allowed to come over and kind of mix into my relationship with my earthly father was or with my heavenly father was this piece of like, he's so disappointed in me. Like, how can I even talk to him? How can I approach him right now with the way I'm living, like with the things that are going on? And it's like, and then I just found myself getting further and further and further away from God. And then that just kept building up, building up, building up. And it was like, you're just, I almost like, well, there was this piece where it was like, cause there's a piece where it's like, yes, we need to be, have a healthy fear and reverence for God. But I was like scared of him. Yeah. That's like, too far. Like, yeah. Like it's a different, I think there's a equation there and it was just 
I don't know. I, di- I didn't view him as the father that he is. And I think often we put characteristics on God that he doesn't possess. And we talked about that in the last episode as well. Right. When we encourage people not to bring your daddy issues into your prayer life, which don't is what I just described. Don't bring your daddy issues. <laughs> we might have to copyright that statement right there. <laughs> don't bring your daddy issues into your prayer life. Yeah. What we meant by that, and at least what I thought we meant by that, was not everyone has a great relationship with their father. Maybe you had a stepdad, or maybe your dad was distant. Maybe your dad was the discipliner. Maybe your dad could never uh, be pleased with anything that you do. Maybe you had a dad that never said, I love you. And so that's what we mean when we say your daddy issues. Um, Your heavenly father is better than any earthly father you can possibly imagine. So you got to imagine the best dad in the world times a million. That's your heavenly father. Yeah. For sure. And that's what I loved about like being at this table and hearing your story of how your dad would always be patient with you when you were struggling through kind of stuttering and different things like that. And he was like, just slow down. Right. And, and how much you were able to associate that to God as well. And it's like, so it's not just, I think we like our relationships with our early fathers, whether positive or negative, really impact our view of God. Yes. And I think that we need to be careful with that at times. Sometimes it's really cool because that's, that's the key. That's why he uses a word like father. That's yes. why that phrase is there, so we can have that. But I think we also have to be careful that we don't put characteristics on God that he doesn't possess. Right. And I think that comes from what we talked about is want a better prayer life, spend more time in God's word. Spend more, yeah. And and just this is completely tangential to this. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you're a man, if you're a father right now listening to this podcast or someone like you, that God willing, someday you're going to be a father. I tell father this all the time and. And I don't know if they, you know, if I'm really making sense, but there is nothing like God on earth to a kid as a father. Yeah. That should help us filter the words that we say or help us um, guide our actions towards our children or even our attitudes or our patience level. I mean, when you start thinking as a Christian man, these little kids, I am their first image of what God might be like. I'm God to them when they're little. I mean, not literally God, but you know what I mean. God yeah, on earth. For sure. Um, so that's always, at least for me, that's that's tried to guide my words. And my and I haven't gotten it right. I've yeah. had to apologize to my kids right. and <laughs> more I than think once. What I realized after going back and listening to officially my favorite episode of the podcast up to the point this point, the one with Charlie. Yeah. Um, what's wrong with kids these days? And I um, shared a story that I d- didn't really remember, but my dad's response to me and how much his response pushed me towards Christ. And how much my dad's response to me failing brought me closer to the kingdom of God. Right. And it was it was so cool seeing that. So I think also that as a – I'm not a dad, but I do wish and hope to be one mm-hmm. one day. But I think that that's a cool responsibility. Um, it's a heavy responsibility, but I think it's a really cool one that – how cool is it that the way you live your intimacy with God, how, however you're drawing near to God and how he's drawing near to you, can directly impact and encourage your kids to, to draw near to God as well. Right. And just even on this uh, thing with prayer, because, it, I mean, if we go here to Matthew chapter 6, uh, the very next verse, I mean, this is this is what we know as the Lord's Prayer. In uh, verse 9, Jesus says, okay, pray like this. So this is, this is it. He says, our Father in heaven. 
So it's kind of like he's saying, I mean, if we take this phrase by phrase, which the rest of this podcast we're going to do, this familiar prayer that Catholics, Protestants, Lutherans, anyone who's been a Christian in every different language can pray the Lord's Prayer, right? Our Father in heaven, know who you're talking to. Yeah. You're speaking not to the people who are listening to your prayer. You're speaking not to your congregation. You're speaking to God himself, the ancient of days, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the creator of all things, the all-powerful, the almighty, the God who led you know, the, the people of Israel out of Egypt, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He's your father. Yeah. He's your daddy, right. so to speak. Yeah. That's pretty cool because <clears throat> up to that point, uh, you know, the scholar part, Jews didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Little Jewish boys, you know, this was new for the disciples when Jesus said, when you pray like this, do it like this. Yeah. Say, our Father. That was a new level of intimacy that God in flesh, Jesus Christ, was giving us permission to do. Yeah, and I think the access to that was something that really made people uncomfortable, that re- that intimacy piece. Because I think the thing that people enjoy, and I don't, I don't want to offend people, but... I don't know. Sometimes it happens, but I think the thing that people enjoy <laughs> about religion is religion is controllable. I can control my religion and the rules that I follow and the things that I do. But I think the thing about relationship that's difficult is that you don't have as much control over a relationship. But it's one where I'm just going to depend on this, this, and, and the thought of having a father and not a god that I just make my request to, I admit my sin to, and then I walk away from, and then I come back to next year to sacrifice the calves again, right? Or whatever right. it is. But I have a relationship. I have to be intimate with this person. He's going to know me, hmm. not just once a year when I lay out all the sins, but the whole time. And I think that's scary, I think. Yeah. yeah I don't know. But yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Going back again to my own relationship with my kids. So I have five kids, four daughters and a son, and I want to protect their privacy. They're already, <laughs> you know, preacher's kids. They live in a glass house. Right. Uh, you know, they go to church. Everybody's watching them, you know. Bless them. I, Yeah, it's, Bless it's rough. Them. Yeah, it is. But, you know, I love it when my kids want to communicate with me. Now, some of my kids are very communicative I think that's a word. It is now. Uh, yeah, it is now because it's our podcast, <laughs> yep, right? We do so whatever we want. Some of my kids are that way. Some of my kids, not so much. And then some of my kids used to not be very communicative. And when they are, I treasure it. Mm. I treasure it when they want to tell me something. So I've got one child who will tell me every bit, minute by minute of her day if I ask her. She just loves it in in glorious detail. Now, I can have the attitude of this is not as interesting as she thinks it is, right? right? Um, However, her voice is precious to me. So I can be doing the dishes and she can be sitting at the counter telling me every moment of the day or every scene in the movie or every line by line of whatever. I don't want to skip over something. Yeah. Real men do the dishes. That's what I just learned. Yeah. Real As men I'm do looking the at dishes. what it looks like yeah. to be a good father and husband. Yeah. Real men do the dishes. Wrote yeah. it down right there. Good. Yeah. They should, man. You know? And so, yeah, I'm yeah. doing the dishes and I just love to hear her voice. And then the other ones, when they don't speak as much, you know, or I'll ask them, how was your day? And it's fine. And that's all I get. Sometimes that bums me out. Yeah. 
because I want to know what's going on. Now, here's the deal. I know what's going on, especially when they're little, because I'm bigger than them. Right. Again, a father's like God on earth. So sometimes I wonder, all of that to say, I wonder, you know, God is hungry for communication with us. And yeah, so, you know, Jesus said, when you pray, don't go on with all of these empty phrases and many words. It's not that you're bothering God. He's saying, you don't have to use a lot of words to get my attention, mm-hmm. but he loves it when we communicate with him. Yeah, and I think the key point there is empty words. I think sharing words that matter to you, like when your um, child is sharing with you how their day went, like you're saying, like, that's something that matters. Like, she wants dad to be a part of it. Oh, and I, I think it. that that empty phraseness is something where it's like, I'm. It's this desire to be impressive. I mm-hmm. think is what the way I see that and read that text. And so I think that when you come to God with what matters to you, I think He's eager to listen. I don't even think He just listens. I think He's eager to listen. I w- yeah. I would agree. I mean, yeah. if He identifies Himself as a Father, yeah, and that's how I can identify because I'm a Father, then I don't think we're superimposing that in a false way. Yeah. I think he's eager to hear from us. Yeah. And I mean, it says in, in scripture that our prayers burn. Uh, that's the aroma of heaven. And uh, I mean, that's, that's such a, it's a crazy thing to think about, but um, it matters. It's, it's a really, really important piece. Um, I was going to ask you just after hearing that, did you find a shift in your prayer life after you realized like that piece that you're talking about of like, Oh, like it, I really like it when my kids communicate and talk yes. to me. Did you see a shift in like, how you communicated with God after you saw how important that was to you? Or yes. was that? Yeah. 100%. And it, it, was, it was to have more continuous communication with him. Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, our oldest daughter uh, spent a year away at college before finishing up college locally. Our second daughter is in her third year. And we're about to send our third child away to go four years, probably six years, because she wants to get a master's. So when the ones that go away come back, I love to be the one, before they had a car at school, I love to be the one, the parental unit that went to pick them up to bring them home for break. Like I would drive six hours to Indiana to pick up Lily so I could have a six-hour ride with her because I could download information the whole way home and just listen. Hey, tell me about this class. Tell me about your social life. Tell me about your friends. Tell me about – I loved that time. And then there, you know, she would get tired or start texting her friends, right. but it didn't matter. I yeah. was, I was with her. I was in her presence because I knew as soon as I got back to Michigan, back home to Michigan, I'd have to share her with everybody else. Yeah. That definitely related more to me. So this is weird. Tabernacle might freak out just a little bit. Um, I have found that I have the ability to do a six-hour road trip to pick up one of my kids or wherever I'm going. With no radio, I can go in complete <laughs> silence for hours. And sometimes I just imagine that I'm road tripping with Jesus. Now there's other times when I need to stay awake, you yeah. know, um, that I'll crank on the jams, 80s, you know, <laughs> 80s rock, come on, because <laughs> yeah. 80s rule, uh, or whatever the latest jams are, or listening to podcasts. I like right. to listen to podcasts, but I can also go in silence. But some of that time... You know, this is why I don't know if you've heard me say this in a sermon before. I definitely shared this with guys at Fight Club is challenge yourself when you're in a vehicle to turn the radio off and just roll with Jesus mm-hmm. on the way to work or on the way home or wherever it is. Um, find yourself praying out loud. For some people, that's a big step yeah. 
to pray. And, and, and if we look at verse 9 when he says, our Father in heaven, that relational piece, he's saying, we're related, you're my kid. Yeah. And, you know, he says, or he says elsewhere, um, your Father in heaven who loves you, you know, if he takes care of the birds like this, you can ask him anything. Yeah. You can ask your Father, your Heavenly Father, for Anything you may not, he may not give it to you because it may not be for your good. Right, but it's that relational piece of you can share anything with him, yeah. and, that, and and so that's why I've challenged people before. You know, just even if you got to imagine like Jesus in the front seat, just right. don't call him your co-pilot. Right, yeah. I hate that. You know, Jesus <laughs> is my co-pilot. The no, don't no because and I hate yeah, to calm you down, Carrie no, Underwood. No, no, no. no. <laughs> he is the pilot. Right. I get to roll with Absolutely. him. Right. Yeah. It's just my hands are on the yeah. window. So, yeah. No, for sure. Um, that that's that's such a key piece. I think to starting this prayer, and I think um, there's there's a reason Jesus started it that way. And I think the more time I spend in the Word of God, the more time I spend learning from, especially in the Gospels, where Jesus is speaking directly to us on earth teaching the disciples and all these things, there's this resounding or there's this this repeating phrase. There's this repeating theme all the way throughout it. And it's relationship. Yeah. Relationship. Relationship. Close relationship. Yeah. It's intimacy. Relationship. Mm. Intimate relationship. And I think um that's where the uncomfortable stuff starts. And then but I think what I love is the next phrase is it's intimate relationship. But this next phrase, hallowed be your name. Yeah. But he's still a holy God. Holy God. Yeah. yeah. And I think his that, name is holy. Yeah. I mean, in yeah. the early, this might be so wrong, but forgive me. I'm just the student pastor. No, uh, go for it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was in the early, like, but didn't they used to remove the vowels? Like his name was so holy, they wouldn't even put all the letters in it. Right. And I don't put the right letters in words sometimes, but that's because I went to public school. That has nothing to do with holiness. But yeah. <laughs> but that I think like Yahweh and stuff like that, like they they didn't even feel like they could say the name because it was so holy. Right. Is that I think? Yep. That, yeah. Yep. That's why in the Old Testament, many times when they try to translate it perfectly, it's Y W H. W or something like yeah. that. It's, you know, how do you spell it without the, right. without, and they wouldn't say his name. They would call him by his other names. You know, he would be Jehovah. Yeah. He would be Lord. He, or the Lord. Right. Um, but his name itself was unutterable, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I think that that's, I like that like little subtle reminder that's there. It's like, our Father in heaven, it's intimate relationship, but don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. Right. He's yeah. a holy God that yeah. deserves reverence. And, you know, there's something deeply, in my opinion, deeply theological about that is most people find themselves wanting a God that loves them and is merciful and is gracious and is good, right? But none of that has the same power unless he's also a holy God who is just and righteous, and there's this fierce anger for his holiness and righteousness and justice. You have to have both in order for them or to give meaning to one or the other. And so if if all of you do is err on the side of the love and the mercy and the grace, well, you've got the genie in a bottle. If all you do is emphasize the righteous judgment, holiness, the one that hates sin and will deal with it in a ferocious manner, right? Then you get an angry God, you know, the whole Jonathan Edwards right. sinners in the hands of an angry God. Yeah. And, the, and the contrast, the paradox 
is that he's both. Yeah. And the love makes me um, revere the justice, and the justice makes me grateful for the love. And yeah. you have to have both. Right. You know? And I love that that's paired right there together. It's right there in the it's, prayer. Yeah. It's no doubt. That it's, it's yes and. Yes. Right. It's, is he a father or is he a holy God? Yes. And, and even there when it says, hallowed be your name. Yeah. Uh, let's not forget, it's one of the most neglected commandments, right? So the very first command, you'll have no other gods before you, right? Second, you won't make an idol for yourself. And then the third, you will not profane my name. So his name that's on me, that's on you, like the name Christ is on Britain Bishop. Uh, God's, God's adopted you and claimed you as his own, as his child. Yeah, by the blood of Christ. But your name is on him. And so, you know, when we're praying to our Father, it's also, man, your name is holy. Yeah. And, I, you know, there's some gratitude in there. There's some phrases right? that get thrown around, I think, in just in church culture that lose weightiness over time, right? Like, um, name above all names. Yeah. There's no yeah. other name above the name. You know, and it's like, dang. You know, or like the, That's big. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, there's just so, there's so many different things like that. But it's just... To, to even be associated with that name is like, that's my father. Yeah. That's my dad, you know? And I don't know. That's, I love that. No, and, that's huge. Cause I mean, there's another one. I mean, if we camp there for a minute. Yeah. Cause this, you know, yeah, we can talk about what we, we do yeah. want. <laughs> is when he says, uh, um, you know, that at the name of Jesus, at his name, one day, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that he's Lord. Yeah. To the glory of God the Father. Yeah. That's the powerful. So when we say our Father, that intimacy, hallowed be your name. Yeah. Or if we're old school, old timey, hallowed be thy name, because right. that's the only time we use Have thy name. Have you ever found that when you do the Lord's Prayer, even though you, I don't even use a King James, I still say thy? Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah 100%. <laughs> I didn't it even just grow up better. like in the Christian ghetto, and it's just the one I learned how to say. So I've watched Friday Night Lights. I memorized this. Exactly. Right? But, good, uh, good for you, man. Um, no, I think— <laughs> You learned it from Friday Night Lights. <laughs> that's probably. awesome. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's even good. like what you're talking about, like— even like the rocks will cry out. Like if we stop worshiping his name, the rocks will. Like that piece right. we talked about the triumphal entry. Like it's this ain't no game. Like yeah, it's, it's, this isn't a game. This isn't a joke. This is even creation knows. Yeah, even that like he's God. The very mountains. Yeah, like and it's just like whoa. <laughs> and then there's the oh, that's my dad. Yeah, and I don't know. That's I well, want to talk. Everybody thinks their dad's the superhero. You know. Yeah. And it's like, man, when you think your dad's the coolest guy in the world, you want to talk to him, you want to be around him, you want to be like him. And it's like, what if we viewed God in that light? Yeah. Not that we want to, right, not the little God theology, but just that piece of what if I wanted to be like Christ? Yeah. What if I wanted to be identified with that? What if I took that, like, right when the name Bishop was on the back of my jersey, I had more pride than anything in the world. What wow. if yeah. I wore the jersey of being a part of God's family with the same amount of pride? Yeah. Right. Because I'll act like an idiot on Saturday or whatever when somebody else's name's on my back. But I don't know. I think that there's there's something with. I heard a message about that one time. I yeah. don't know. Talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when we look at this, um, we're not just breaking down the Lord's prayer. We're looking at the elements. Like when Jesus said, "Pray like this." One thing I don't think that we mentioned, but I think it's important to mention here. Jesus wasn't saying that th- these words translated into English in this order are the magic words. 
So I've told people before, the Lord's Prayer, as we know it, is not like a magical prayer. Uh, it is a sample prayer. Now, it's become, because Jesus said the words, it's become something that's meaningful in every culture, in every language, in every nation and tongue and tribe that calls on the name of Jesus Christ can say the Lord's Prayer in their language. But let's not forget, he's giving us a template. So um, he starts by you know, saying, we know who we address, our Father. And then when he talks about, hallowed be your name, for us, that means in your prayer, it's appropriate to praise God. It's yeah. appropriate to exalt him. It's appropriate because he is the Ancient of Days. He is the king of the universe. And you're coming into the throne room of your father, but he's still the king. And it's like, you know, bringing him our praise. There's something that I've noticed because I'm that dork that notices how people pray. And this isn't – please don't feel weird if you're in my fight club or you know, you're know you ever called upon to pray at a dinner right. and I'm there. Uh, but I love Jesus and I love prayer yeah. and I'm just a nerd this way. Britain Bishop, nine times out of ten, will begin a prayer this way. Lord, we praise you. That's how he'll begin his prayer. He'll address the king as Lord and he'll say, Lord, we praise you. And you'll pause. And I love that. Uh, in fact, I found myself borrowing that a couple times, <laughs> the Britain Bishop prayer opening. I kind of grew up with Dear Heavenly Father as right. if I was writing a letter, Yeah. right? Um, but I think I've mentioned before, personally, I try to address God in different ways. Right. And I love that entry. Yeah. Hey, so if you're brand new to prayer, <laughs> I just want to maybe say uh, or suggest – that maybe this week, what if you begin a prayer that way? You know, Lord or Father, yeah. I praise you. Yeah. Or if you're with your family, we praise you. Yeah. you know? And I'll shout out the guy that I stole it from. Who, uh, yeah, who I started it? my prayers with Dear Heavenly Father yeah. uh, for a long time through college. And then a guy named Charlie, um, not the one that was on our podcast, but a guy that I do some mission work stuff and with. And I'm not going to say his last name just for the sake of identity because this dude does some crazy stuff. But uh, he, he starts all his prayers uh, in that way. Yeah. And I was kind of in the same place. I was like, man. And he took – and it was like – and I remember I asked him one day. I was like – because I just like to pick at him. I was like, man, hey, why do you do this? Yeah. And he goes, well, when I read um, scripture, that's how I feel like Jesus encourages us to start our prayers is before I bring anything, I need to right, rightfully set myself before God. Yeah. That he's the one that's worthy of my praise. What I'm about to say has n – there's nothing more important that's about to come out of my mouth than the first sentence. And I think that that was a huge reminder that above anything, reminding myself before I started my request, anything else, but the first sentence out of my mouth was, Lord, we praise you. Yeah, we and praise you. And nothing more important than I'm going to say after that. And I don't know. That was just a no, cool piece good. that he reminded me of. And yeah, See, that's an example to me of someone's prayer being aimed at God, but it can bless those around. So – Again, we're not going to be legalists. You know, it doesn't mean, remember, that we always can only pray in secret. Right. Sometimes there's a time and a place for public prayer. One of the most impacting public prayers I ever heard, since we're talking about that. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. so so that blessed you. This one right. blessed me. Um, I was actually in Denver, Colorado. I just joined uh, the uh, preaching itinerant team at Forge. And uh, there's some high-powered, big guns in that room, men that I looked up to um, most of my adult life. And now I'd been added to that roster. And we were in all these, I don't even remember what we were there for, but there was a luncheon provided. 
and uh, about 20 guys. And, hey, everybody get in here for lunch. And so we're all gathered around this place. And there was some ridiculous meat treats. <laughs> like, come on, praise yeah. God. Like, it, I can't remember if it was barbecue or if it was some sort of whatever. Um and it had been prepared, and it just the smell. I mean, I'm hungry right now thinking Same. about it. And so one of them, probably the the biggest mouth, uh, Adrian was his name, <laughs> and you can fill in the last name because he's been to the tab more than once. Adrian was called upon to pray, and I was like, oh, boy. And with all these other guys here, he is going to pray the paint off the walls. But I'm hungry, and I can smell that meat treats coming at us, you know. And to paraphrase the prayer, it essentially went like that. It was, uh, God, you're the best. He said, you are the best, and we love you. And then he said, thank you that we did not have to go up into these mountains and hunt this meal down and kill it ourselves and prepare it. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) And it was like... Yeah, I'm. That's what I'm grateful for too. That <laughs> right. someone else provided this. Someone yeah. else found this. Absolutely. you know, this fair for us, and 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 put a great recipe together. <laughs> and because we got to go back into some more meetings, it was like, yeah, thank you that we didn't have to go hunt this with our bare hands, right. and that someone else found it and but, got it for us, and it was just genuine. Yeah, you know? but that is a commandment from scripture. Kill and eat. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, hey, I said it. This All the hunters yeah. kill and eat. <laughs> but kill yeah, no, and I, eat. I love that. I think that it's it's that's the thing though is those those two examples that we just listed is they were genuine mm-hmm. responses to the situation. Yes, was he wasn't prayer. showing off. Yeah. that was it was a genuine yeah. prayer. Yeah, that was like it was I, cool. I know he yeah. probably prays like that by himself at the restaurant. You know, like I know he. <laughs> the uh, man loves to yeah, eat. So, and that that was the thing with Charlie is it wasn't him trying to show me that he knew scripture better than I did. But it was something where he was like, man, this is just what I see. And it was like, after, I didn't start right away because I didn't want to give him that kind of, like, but it was like, yeah, he's right. And that's just, I don't know. And so I think that that's the key is it's genuine. But uh, I don't know. This next part is the part that kind of, uh, this is where the Lord's Prayer is like, oh, this part's kind of hard to say sometimes. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. This, this piece of your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. What the heck? What I don't know. Like, what does that look like? This phrase, "Your kingdom come." What is that like? Is that just like, let the end times be here already, or yeah. like, what is that? How does that? Can you help translate that yeah. for us? <laughs> no, that's a great question, and you're not alone. And so, when I see "Your kingdom come," "Your will be done" on earth as it is in heaven, for me, it's one word: submission. Mm. It's submission that God is the King, that we want His kingdom. You know, even today, I found myself, you know, in preparation for this podcast during, you know, I just had a brief prayer time this morning. Um, Plus, this is Holy Week. We're calling everyone in our church to prayer. Um, I found myself praying, God, would you bring your kingdom, your heavenly kingdom, what is perfect there, into my imperfect life? Can you bring it into my imperfect family, into my imperfect marriage, and into my imperfect children? God, I want your kingdom in me. And that means the fruits of the Spirit. That means all the principles of the Sermon on the Mount. And it's, it's God, I submit that your way is the right way. So that's generally speaking. But I wonder, and again, I'm just freestyling here with you. We're both, like when we come to this, it isn't, you know, 
uh, oh, this is John speaking to young. I mean, right. we're both followers of Jesus. Yeah. I think it has to do with God. You know, as far as the template Jesus is saying is, I submit myself again to you, even about the things I'm about to ask you for. Yeah. The help, it, it's God, your kingdom. It's about you and your authority, your leadership, your will, your way, your purpose, your sovereignty. Yeah. It's recognizing all of those things. So I'm seeing a trend here that we don't see often, and that's the first half of this prayer hasn't been about us yet. Not a thing. It hasn't been about ain't, us yet. Ain't that something? Yeah. And uh, I <laughs> it's think— It's about you. You. I mean, it's about God, yeah. God, God, God. Yeah. And mm. I love what you were saying. Um, I, the One of my favorite ways I've ever heard um, said what you just said was this guy just simply said, he said, God, will you just bring up there down here? Up there down here. He said, I want to say, see say that again. He said, God, will you just bring up there down here? Bring up there. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it was just this concept of like, we want, I want my life to look like that. Yeah. And I loved your example though. And that's, this is why when there, I mean, this is just lay it out there. This is why I love the tabernacle. This is why I love being a part of the staff. This is why I moved 15 hours. It was all these things that it was this obedience to the scriptures. It's this yeah. obedience to a holy God that that inspired holy scriptures. And your piece wasn't, I spent time in prayer asking for God's kingdom to come so that my marriage would be better. Or what it was, no, I want more fruit of the Spirit. I want the Sermon on the Mount, those principles within that. I want those on display in my life. And it was this understanding that because that's what will help my marriage. Yeah. That's what will help my kids. That's what will help my church. And I, I don't know. I love that just attitude of prayer of not my ideas, yeah. yours. Yeah. Everything Jesus said, will you make that those principles be on display in my life, right? This fruit Ooh. of the Spirit, I think that those, I love that just, and I think that comes back, we talked about it in the first episode, and we'll talk about it again in this episode, is it's the more you spend time in God's Word, the more you know what it looks like for His kingdom to come, mm. right? Because His kingdom to come in your life, because of the time you spent in Scripture, I would agree is the fruit of the Spirit on display in your life. The principles of the Sermon on the Mount on display in your life. That's what I, when I think of God's kingdom coming, that's what it is. It's Jesus pouring out of us. What Foster says it a really cool way from the overflow of your heart comes something. I don't know. It's, yeah. He says it way cooler than I did. But, but I think that that's that key piece is you just, his kingdom coming, his will being done on earth as it is in heaven. How do we know what those are? Yeah. Yeah. Time in the word. Yeah, and the submission part yeah. to it. I mean, do I want Jesus to come back? You know, when we think your kingdom yeah. come, we think of the end times. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe Absolutely. that's a part of it too, <laughs> but it is sub- it's submission or another word, a word we've talked about on this podcast that we don't like. It's surrender. Yeah. How many times do I just go to prayer and I'm asking God for stuff instead of starting with God, I surrender to your sovereignty. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking right now of a moment with uh, someone on our staff. Um, she was in a desperate, desperate place, she and her husband. I got the call that their one and only, well, their one of their two sons, their oldest son, was in a horrible car crash, and he's in a coma, and could I come to the hospital? And um, like I was there, and I walk into the emergency room. He's in a coma. Mom and dad, doctors are all in this room, and I was able to actually, you know, come in and and um, they didn't know if he's going to live or die. And in that moment, I'm looking for what do I possibly say? And I remember saying to her, not 
it's probably not the most comforting thing I could have said, but um, I mean, I wasn't being a jerk about it, but, you know, just made some small talk and I'm so sorry and this or that and the other. And, hey, will you pray? And I, before we prayed, there's something I said to her is I said, listen, whatever happens, don't forget this. Either God is sovereign or he is not. Meaning either God is completely in control, which is biblical, or you decide in this moment that he's not. Which one's more frightening? And for God not to be sovereign, that will scare the hell out of you. But the fact that he is sovereign and submitting to that and surrendering to that, that says, God, I'm going to communicate with you, but I understand in this statement, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it have, as it is in heaven, that I'm surrendering again to your sovereignty. Yeah, that's... And I, your authority, you know. I love that. I love that. Just that... But there's confidence in that surrender as well. Yes. Right? I'm not surrendering to a gunslinger God, right? I'm surrendering to a sovereign in control over it all, all-knowing, omniscient. Preach. God. Preach, dude. You know, I get, dude, like I think you could have gone. You could have yeah. kept going for. I was <laughs> like, the, I, I was with you in that towel. cadence. I didn't man. bring my sweat towel. Or oh, no, yeah, but, uh, hype it. Yeah, but I think that that there's there's there, there's confidence to be had in surrender, mm. um, and it's because I'm not surrendering to a government. I'm not surrendering to a boss. I'm not surrendering to a spouse. I'm surrendering to a holy God. Mm that identifies himself as my father. So not only is he a holy God, he's a holy God that cares about me. There's confidence in that surrender. But for some reason, we still don't do it. Right, <laughs> right, know? right. And I think it's just that when we talk, I mean, it's just a control thing. It's it's a therapy session. It's all kinds of stuff. And I think that it's just, but I think the more, because it takes time. It's not, I don't think it's a, the Switch doesn't just flip all mm-hmm. of a sudden. Maybe it does in some people's life, but in mine it didn't. Takes but I think time. The, no, more, it does. the more I spend time intimate with him, in relationship with him, being having eyes about to where is he making a difference in my life, spending time in his word, seeing where he's made a difference in other people's lives, the more confidence I have in the surrender, the, the easier it gets to say yes. Right. The easier it gets to say yes. Because I think um, – I don't know. Like you think about the first time Jesus called the disciples and he's out there with Peter and he tells him, I'm going to make you fishers of men. He didn't lay out the consequences of what it was going to be to be a disciple the first time. And Peter's like, yeah, I'm in. Then they do some life and they do the thing. And then Peter denies Jesus. And then what's Peter doing is fishing again. Yeah. Same place, same smell. Jesus shows up on the beach and Peter's, and then Jesus really lays it out there. And he yeah. goes, I know I didn't tell you this the first time. <laughs> John chapter 21. Yeah. <laughs> but he's like, yeah. this time, just so you know. It's going to hurt. <laughs> not only will you do this, will you do this, do you this? Yes, I love you. You know I love you. You know I love you. Then feed my sheep. And by the way, they're going to kill you for this. Not yeah. they might. <laughs> no, they're going to. They're going to kill you for this. But I think Peter had been through so much and he'd seen Jesus show up so many times. And even in the midst of his failure, Jesus showed up again. And in that moment, even in the face of death, Peter had confidence in the surrender. Yeah. And then you see it all through it's trust. Acts, it's all trust, through, yeah, right? You see yeah. it. I mean, he learns to trust. it's on display after that. So I think that even you want to know what it looks like to have confidence in surrender, read John 21 yeah. and then go read the book of Acts. Yeah. 
and look at what the confidence and surrender does. I mean, the greatest sermon besides the Sermon on the Mount, I think, Peter Pentecost. laying it down. Yeah, yeah you know what I mean? So, he built a megachurch yeah. in one sermon. <laughs> but I think that that's a, that's, a cool, that's a cool practical example of what it looks like to have confidence in your surrender because yeah. there was no, there was no pulling well punches. That was God's will. You're going to feed my sheep and then they're going to kill you. Yeah. There's no questions asked here, Peter. This is what it's going to look like. I'm in. Yeah. So I don't know. What's this next part? This is the part that – this is the gear shift. Yeah. yeah. This is kind of the... Now we get to yeah. our stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So verse 11. Then he says, give us this day our daily bread. Now, I think it's pretty clear as far as the template goes. This is where I bring my request to God. Yeah. It's interesting to me. And you had some thoughts on this that I thought were pretty cool. Um, it You know, it doesn't say give us this day... You know, the mission and vision, give us this day where our next campus is going to be. Give us this day, you know, your will for where I should go to college or who I should marry or what. It's just like, give us this day our daily bread. Yeah. Just give us what I we need for today. I just want a sandwich. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, say, uh, so I just want yeah, a sandwich. I just want a yeah. sandwich. <laughs> give us this day a sandwich, Yeah. you know. But there's also something cool in that. It's because bread was like, you know, just a staple of, you know, something that you're going to need if you eat three times a day, morning, noon, and night. Uh, you're going to need it the next day again. Um, and it might even seem insignificant. It doesn't mean we can't pray for the big giant things, in my view, but right. it also means the smallest things kind of matter, which reminds me of of the uh, – of of the illustration uh, in the Rattle series just a couple of uh, weeks ago where I shared um, the story about the wallet. When we were in the staff prayer time, if you didn't hear that sermon, we were in the staff prayer time and we're all ha- you know, praying about these big things. We want revival to come to our church and to our ministries and to our lives. And, and we were praying about pretty serious health needs and concerns and relational needs. And then, and then the chairman of our board, Lou Chalker, uh, how he raised his hand, and I was like, oh, this is going to be epic. And he was like, yeah, I've lost my wallet, and uh, it's been two or three days, and yeah, I'd really like to find it because I need to find it. And I was just kind of like, what? I just want to admit uh, right here in front of God and everybody, <laughs> you weren't the only one that responded that way. You felt I, the same way? I was like crying. Yeah. And then I was just like, I was kind of grateful because like, oh, thank you, Lou. Like you yeah. kind of, you lifted the weight off a little yeah. bit, you know, like I can breathe again, but it was, I was with you. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah. like it was a deep emotional moment for yeah. a lot of people. And, yeah. and I mean, you, yeah. big tough guy in tears yeah. and then in the midst of your tears, guy in the back of the room, hand goes up and goes, yeah, I lost my wallet. <laughs> right. And so the rest of the story, just in case you didn't hear the sermon, um, which you should have, but uh, uh, sorry, I just showed on you, but. The point was when he got home, he found his wallet within two minutes of walking in the front door, something he'd lost for three days. And then he sent the email. And now Lou is a holy man. He is a righteous man. And God used that, I think, not just in my life, but when we shared it with the staff and then when we shared it with the church. And this is why I'm sharing the story. Is the S- And I don't have his email in front of me, but he says, we have not because we ask not. That comes from the book of James. You have not because you ask not. And when you ask, you ask for the wrong reasons, right? He was asking for the right reasons. And then he said, if God cares about me finding my wallet, how much more does he care about people who are far from him or 
you know, those bigger concerns. Yeah. And so the reason I shared it in the message was exactly this. Give us this day our daily bread. That was Lou saying, Lord, would you help me find my wallet? It was that small. Yeah. And then the rest of that story, I had asked Lou about that. After the spirit checked me through his email, when I saw him later that week, I said, Lou, yeah, man, you got to give me more. Why? I mean, were you, were you feeling weird about sharing the wallet prayer request? And he said, yeah, he's not a dumb guy. He's a socially aware guy. He, you know, he knew how weird it sounded. And that's when he said, I felt like God was telling me, ask me, ask me, ask me. And do it right here in front of all these pastors and all this ministry staff where it's really emotional. Ask for this insignificant thing publicly. Yeah. And he had to humble himself to do that. Britton, I wonder how many people will never pray about the mundane things in their life because they think God doesn't care and they don't want to bother him with it. Yeah, absolutely. And You I know what that is? Pride. Pride. Yep. Pride. Yeah. And I think like... There's permission right there. There's permission to ask for the small things. Give us this day our daily bread, not our weekly bread, not even our monthly bread. I right? want some whole grain Panera bread right yeah. up in here. <laughs> you know, uh, it's hospital food. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's he cares about the small things. Yeah. But I think just as well, I don't know how many times I've said this prayer, and how many times I've just glanced over this. That okay, like. We don't actually think that he, I don't I don't know this might sound bad, but it's like when I say give us this day our daily bread, it's like I got that. Yes. I, I can handle that. I piece. can provide for me. Yeah. I can I can make a sandwich. Right. I yeah. can find a sandwich. Yeah. Obviously. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. But uh yeah, I think and that's um I was telling you before, and I'm I'm gonna butcher the crap out of this as well, but there was this um guy and he was talking in a sermon, he was talking about how one of the most powerful prayers he heard this guy said every day. He started the day with, Lord, give me what I need. Not more than I need, not less than I need, but just give me what I need today. And it was because I don't want more because then I'm going to think I'm greater than you. And I don't want less because I don't want to doubt you. So will you just give me what I need? That's beautiful. And that, I think that, I wish I'd have written that prayer. Yeah. And that's it's like, a great prayer. And Jesus lays it out right there. He's like, God, Father, you're holy. Your will be done. Let's. I want your kingdom on earth in my life. Will you provide for me today? Yeah. Will you provide for me today? Just today. I'm not going to think about tomorrow. I'm not going to think about yesterday. Will you provide for me today? And le- And I think that that's the... I don't know. It's, it's that's a hard one as Americans, especially. Yeah. Right. That's a, a because there's it's there's access. I have access to all these things. I don't think about where. And there's people that do. And um, and I'm grateful that I don't have to think about like, man, where's my next meal going to come from or anything like that. But it's like, man, where am I going to eat next? Yeah. Like I haven't. I don't even remember the last time I let myself get hungry. So right. fasting's going to be tough. Though, fasting's going to be tough. We're coming out of that. But, <laughs> yeah. So, but there's just that piece of I don't think I don't. God can't touch that piece of me, right? I'm too American to need God to provide. Right. I think sometimes is where we get it twisted of like, well, I can work hard enough to provide for myself, but the big things, right? Like I'll, I'll reach back out when I'm headed to the hospital to see the family member or when my best friend's going through this thing. Like then that's where God's needed. But this daily stuff, like you're too busy. 
I'm too busy. Let's just cut out the middleman and I'll just take care of this stuff. Right. That's not relationship. That's not. And, you know, just, just today I was on a, I was on a phone call with a friend who lives far away, lives in Pennsylvania. And we were, and we've shared life together for about the last two years. He's a pastor. I'm a pastor. And he was talking about some relational things, um, specifically uh, some some difficult times that he's been going through with his wife. Now, they, they love each other. They're committed. But this guy's probably 20 years younger than me. Um, but as he shared this, this, this one piece, he was saying that he's learning to trust God with that area of his relationship with his wife. And we were talking about what it means to live life on God's terms. And so for whatever reason, that came to my mind when you were sharing about that. When we say, give us this day our daily bread, we're saying, God, I'm going to trust you to not give me more than I need or less than I need, but on your terms. I mean, you've already submitted to him, your kingdom come, your will be done. Um, you've already addressed him as the the king of the universe, our father who's in heaven, who's got this holy name. And now it's like, God, I'm asking for life on your terms. Mm-hmm. Just give me enough for today. Tomorrow, you worry about that. You know, what did he say in the Sermon on the Mount? You yeah. know, tomorrow's got enough cares of its own. Just You just take care of today. Yeah. Just worry about today, you know. I think There's something beautiful in there. Yeah, and it's a subtle reminder from Jesus of worry about today, right? He's, it's just like that. Take care of what you today. Yeah, right. Don't, it's the same. Yeah, I don't need to re-preach it, but uh, yeah. And this next part is probably a lot of our the the <laughs> your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I think this next part would probably be the second toughest part of this for me personally when I look at this. It says, "And forgive us of our debts." as we also forgive our debtors. Another translation says, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespassed against us. The first thing that comes to mind for me when I read that is, Lord, forgive me of my sin. And then the second part gets really hard because as we have also forgiven the people that have sinned against us. That's the hard part, man. (laughs) I don't know if I want him to forgive me the way I forgive people. No. And that's that's tough, and it's easy to skip over when you just say it or when you just read it. But I think that's why I'm glad we went through a chunk at a time. Because if you just read it, it's like, hey, Lord's Prayer, I know that one. Yeah. I'll just say that. But there's some big implications in here um, between daily bread, your will, but forgive me of my debts. Huge. As I also have forgiven our debtors, my debtors. I don't know. That's tough. I guess that would be the question of the podcast family is, do you want God to forgive you the way you've forgiven? Yeah, that's a good question. And so like right here, if it's all right, I'd love to skip a verse. I want to skip down to 14. For sure. Because Jesus kind of ends this template of the Lord's Prayer in verse 13. So verse 12 is, forgive us our debts as we've also forgiven our debtors. If you skip down to 14, there's like a P.S., and the P.S. is, like, he, he, he gives a little bit of teaching, a little bit of explanation at the end. He says, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. I didn't make that up. You didn't make that up. Tabernacle didn't make that up. White Anglo-Saxon Protestant, you know, patriarchal society didn't make that up. Some European sadist didn't make that up. Jesus, God in flesh, says, 
if you do not forgive others, your heavenly Father will not forgive you. That's a verse. Yeah. Now, so much we could unpack there. You know, I'm realizing right now, just through recording these two episodes of this podcast, this is a sermon series. Oh, yeah. Like, we could easily yeah. spend... And we've already you, named it, already, Don't Let Your Daddy, daddy Issues come, come Into Your Prayer, prayer Life. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, have fun with that marketing team. Yeah. <laughs> but we have to understand, first of all, what forgiveness is. Just or, or remind people again, forgiveness does not mean whatever they did to you is okay. For, forgiveness does not mean that um, you even have to let them back into your life. Because there's some horrible stories of abuse, of hurt, of just devastation that the sin that human beings can perpetrate against other human beings. It doesn't mean it's okay. It doesn't mean you have to give them access into your life. It doesn't even mean you have to trust them again. It doesn't mean that you're going to remarry them. But forgiveness means you relinquish your right to punish them. Or as I've heard Pastor Tim say... Um, you you relinquish their right to torture you in your own brain. Yeah. That's a paraphrase. But it's giving them over to God. You can forgive someone without ever even speaking to them. Or, you, you know, sometimes it's better if you're able to tell them yourself or write a letter or text or, you know, uh, pick up the phone or what have you. But you can forgive some. You know, I remember just recently someone asked – for forgiveness and i and it was for something that happened a year ago and uh i got to tell them uh yeah i forgave you within a week of it happening you mean all this time you'd already forgiven me yeah 100% i mean we weren't close we weren't in relationship but i'd already forgiven that person so i don't want to get too far down that road jesus is saying in our prayer Like when he says, forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors, or forgive us our trespasses as we've also forgiven our trespasses. What he's saying there is in prayer, it's appropriate to confess your sin and ask God to forgive you for things, to keep short accounts. That's the key, I think, right there, what you just said. Keep a short account. That's the key. I don't – my theological bent understanding, I think, is the peace within – um, repenting, turning away from sin, confessing sin is keeping that short account because the longer you take to confess it, the longer you let it linger around, the longer it's there, the more of a foothold it becomes for the enemy, the more shame, the more guilt, the more yes. distance it drives between you and God. I would agree. Because I think that there's a key piece that I believe that you're, whenever you um, surrender your life to Jesus, you're forgiven once for all. And for all once, it's past, present, and yep. future. It's not that your God, position in Christ God, is forgiven. God's yep. desire isn't for you to daily come beg for His mercy again. I don't and think get, that and get saved right. over and over and yeah. over. I don't yeah. think that's the piece, but I think that He's protecting us from the enemy within that of keep short accounts. Don't give him a foothold. Right. Don't let lofty thoughts build up in your mind. Take those, cut them off at the knees, get rid of them, because that's something that we know that the enemy uses, right? Still kill and destroy. Those lies that we allow, shame, mm-hmm. guilt, all those things. I think that's a huge, huge, huge piece that Jesus is giving us of if you want to fight this fight that you're being called to, yeah, keep short accounts. Keep a short account with him. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this question. Do you do you find yourself um, when you confess, 
when you're in intimate prayer with your heavenly Father, who's also the King of the universe, you've praised Him, you've asked Him, you know, and it may not even be in this order. There's lots of yeah. times my prayer begins with confession yep. before I ask for a thing. Sometimes I'm confessing. Do you do you confess specifically? Or do you pull the, hey, Lord, just forgive me for all the bad stuff I did this week? <laughs> it depends on how much I mean it. Um, that's, that's honest. <laughs> that's honest. That's honest. That's but, honest. Um, in those moments where I'm feeling far from God, yeah. um, which thankfully um, happened less and less. But I remember early on in my faith where I was like, man, I'm, I'm back in the game. Like, I'm saved like, mm-hmm. and all these things. And I remember there would be moments where I felt really far from God. And it was like, I got to give him the laundry list. Yeah. I got to write it down. I got to read good. it to him. I got to put it I out I think there. there's power in that. Yeah. You know, when you can say, God, forgive me f- for my hatred. Yeah. Forgive me for hating these people. Yeah. I remember one time, this was back in the day, <laughs> I was preaching um, at T1 before T2 was built and before we even had an idea that we were ever going to plant a campus in Manistee. And it had something to do with forgiveness and something horrible happened that week um there were like 19 egyptian christians were put in orange jumpsuits and beheaded by isis videotaped and it was put on the worldwide interwebs and it was just i mean it hit me so hard and what hit me so hard was these are my brothers in christ who were killed they weren't soldiers they weren't doing they were just going about their lives already living in a predominantly Muslim nation. So there was already different levels of persecution. But then how did ISIS get in a pretty modern country like Egypt, capture these guys, and then behead them, right? These are brothers and fathers and sons, and oh, man, it was just... And then it hit me while I was preaching, which many times it does, and I had to confess in front of the whole church that I hated ISIS, and that was a problem. And this is why it was a problem, is I felt like God was using this prayer to convict me. If I can't forgive them for what they did to my brothers, God can't forgive me. Now, God cares about the blood of the martyrs, right? We've heard the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. If you read the book of Revelation, it speaks about the blood cries out. The blood of the martyrs cries out to God. He will judge, and there will be justice for all of those who take the lives of the saints from, you know, Stephen, <laughs> the first martyr, all the way up to today. But it's not for me. Yeah. Vengeance is not mine, yep. says the Lord. Yeah. Vengeance belongs to God. And so I remember just confessing, like like I had to go first <laughs> as a leader within the church. I mean, if I'm going to be a pastor, I had to confess that I hadn't prayed for ISIS, and I had to start praying for ISIS because I'd spent a lot of time talking about politics about them and hating them. And I use this as an example because that has everything to do with verse 12, forgive us our debts as we've forgiven others. It has to do with confess, you know, confess my hatred, confess my lust, confess my greed, confess the fact that I embellished a story. God, no, that I lied I lied. I confess that to you. Yeah. And I I think when we can say those things, it loses its power Absolutely. over us, you know? I also, um, I just have a question as well. So with that confession piece, do you find, um, like, do you ever, is there pieces that, like, this is my confession time with God, or do you have, like, men in your life that you go to with those things that you Both. also, yeah. Both, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's, there's, 
men that I have accountability with that I can share anything with and they yeah. won't walk away from me. Right. I mean, not that I can't. I mean, there's times I confess it in front of the whole church. Right. It depends, like you said, yeah. on what it is. Yeah. Um, and, and, and there's some things that aren't appropriate yeah. and some other things, but – but I think it's got to be both. Yeah, I th- I, th- I would I th- agree. I have the same uh, set of a uh, couple brothers around me that it's one yeah. of those like we've we've had the discussion of like man, no matter what, like yeah. I got you, you got me, and I found that it's best for me in my uh, situation that the guys that I confess to are also confessing to me because it builds a, a level of accountability within that trust. relationship. And yeah. Trust. trust. Yeah. Yeah. Because, it's like so, Jonathan and David. Yeah. I'm going to give you something you can hurt me with and yeah. then I'll give you something you can hurt me with. Yeah. And I think there's also a lot of freedom in saying it to somebody that's, and not that God's not there, but I think cognitively for yeah. me in my head and the way my brain works, it helps for me to say it out loud to somebody that way at the end of the day, I know that I know that I know that I've said it out loud. And, and and so I don't know. That's just how my brain works. But uh, so this this kind of last piece. Um, oh wait, wait, sorry. No, go I'm, ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. There's, I don't think because you and I deal with people all the time that we can emphasize enough what Jesus said in verse twelve and verse fourteen. You must forgive, or your father won't forgive you. Yeah. Heard a story one time uh, about a Liberian pastor. And if you don't know a ton about the whole history of Liberia, you know, they got all these tribes, they got the Hutus and the Tutsis, and there was this unbelievable genocide that, and I can't remember which tribe was winning and which tribe was being butchered, but they were butchering each other. And this guy was from one of the tribes that was horribly persecuted. He had had members of his family have be just butchered in the streets and thrown to the crocodiles, you know, arms and limbs and heads chopped off. I mean, it was a bloodbath. We saw it on the news. And this guy could not pray the Lord's Prayer for over a year because of verse 12, Hmm. because of verse 14. He couldn't pray the Lord's Prayer. Now, I don't know if he prayed other prayers. Either way, the, the way the testimony went, it wasn't until God softened his heart enough to forgive the killers, to forgive his fellow countrymen. Um, and there's some cool stories that have actually come out of Liberia of God's mercy and grace and how the gospel was lived out and played out. But here's a guy in his testimony that said, for a year, I couldn't, re- I couldn't repeat this prayer. Because the integrity of his heart knew that he hadn't forgiven and he wanted eternal life. And so be careful, (laughs) even praying this prayer. You can profane God's name, his holy name, praying this prayer with unforgiveness in your heart. Yeah, I love that. I love that you brought that up because I think that that's something that um, is so key. And there's so much maturity to that man. Because I think when you first hear that, it's like, oh, man, how dare he not forgive people? But it's like— I wasn't there, man. There's yeah. there, And there's just there's just so much maturity and so much awareness to this is real. This isn't a game. He's like, like we've for been real saying, God, yeah, verse man. Verse 14 is real. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also— forgive you but if you do not forgive others their trespassers neither will your father forgive you i think that that's so key to understand like don't just say it right and i think in the same respect don't just ask for it if you don't plan on changing yeah don't just ask for forgiveness 
because oh, it makes good. you feel better if yeah. you don't actually plan on changing. Because what you're, what are you doing? You're cheapening that word. You're cheapening that phrase. You're cheapening what that actually means. Because I think that it's really easy to repent and turn away and confess sin, and then just do it again and come back. And then the more you do that, the more you repeat that cycle, the easier that cycle is to repeat. So I think another key is, don't confess something that you don't plan on changing. Yeah. Or at least desire to change. I'm not saying you're going to be perfect. No, that's really good. But I think that that's another key piece that I see there um, as well. And then this last part um, is, well, not the last part, but this kind of last phrase that we have in our translation is, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Yeah, what's that mean? Yeah. uh, A lot. Uh, I I think that I love the care because I love the... God, you're holy. I love the breakdown of the order of this prayer, mm-hmm. and it puts it, it puts in perspective what's most important. And I think often, if I looked at my prayer life, I would probably reverse the order. Yeah. Um, God, start with the deliver yeah, me from e- yeah, evil. Deliver yeah, deliver me from evil. Um, provide for me. Oh, by the way, if you want to do something with my life, you can. You're a good God. Amen. Right. <laughs> and uh, but I think that piece of uh, lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. First, we have to understand. James tells us. Um, I think that that's easily twisted that, okay, God can lead me into temptation. Yeah, right. One, God cannot tempt with evil. The book of James uh, in chapter one tells us that um, God himself cannot tempt with evil, but when a man allows the desires, the sin desires, when he surrenders to the desires of his heart, there's where he finds sin. So I think that's the first key piece to understand is, no, God's not tempting you. So um, I, that's easy to read, and I read it that way for a little while in my life. So I'm um, like, oh, he's testing me to find out if I'm good enough. Like, I don't think God tem- – I don't I don't see that um, in Scripture. I don't see that in his character. So um, that's the first piece is I think it's, it's, it's a request for protection. Yeah. It's a request for um, security because I think that deep down it's something that we all desire is to feel secure and protected. And who better to do it than our Father? Who better? Yeah. yeah. But I think it's also— I like how you worded that. Yeah. You said it's 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 asking for protection, and it's an inside and an outside protection. Yeah. Some of it—and I'm so glad you quoted James that way, or you paraphrased James yeah. that way. You know, I have a friend that says, um, you, you know, how many of us, when we're being tempted, will say, oh, the devil's tempting us? And I've always thought about it this way— um, there's so much wrong with that. Right. Um, first of all, the devil is a created singular being. The yeah. devil uh, does not have the attributes of God. He cannot be everywhere, every place. I don't even believe the devil can read your mind yeah. because he's not God. Yeah. He's a created being. He is a cre- he's a fallen angel. Yeah. And so don't give him God's attributes. Yep. Which and is something we do often. Often. But my friend's point in saying this is... It's my flesh yes. that gets me into trouble more Absolutely. than the devil. Yeah. You think out of all the billions of people on this planet, the devil, you know, has singled you out because you're special? Yeah. No, it's probably your flesh. Yeah. Now it could be demons. It could be all these other things. Yeah. I don't. That's a different podcast. Yeah. But back to this, it's hey God, protect me from myself. Yeah. In other words, God, would you help me not to sin? Mm-hmm. Isn't that something that the Holy Spirit does for us? Yeah. So we're praying, hey, God, would you help me not to sin, but will you also protect me, like you said, yeah. from sin of others yeah. or from the evil in this world? I love that, man. Security. I think, I think, and 
where I think we get that what we're talking about from is the first sin was the first thing. Nobody ever wants to take responsibility that it was their fault. Exactly. Right? right. So it's easier for me to blame it on somebody that God already doesn't like. Right. Rather than to acknowledge the fact that I'm hurting God. Right. 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 I would rather blame it on the devil than acknowledge the fact that my sin. Yeah. Me. I possess. It's me. Yeah. And so I think that's And actually piece. both of those were present. So like if someone yeah. were to, you know, with my little rant there about yeah. the devil and all that, they would say, well, what about the garden? Okay. I notice in 2021, there's billions of people on the planet, and the Not, devil's a singular entity. Uh, two. In the garden, there were two, right? So there was one devil and two people. Hunting was easy. Yeah, exactly. It was an easy hunt. But even there, it says when they saw or when she saw um, that the fruit was pleasing to the eye and also good for food, right? Her temptation. Yeah. So, yeah, the devil just put the little nudge, but it was her flesh. Yeah, it's yeah, the lie. It's both. It's the, he's the father of lies. And it's, I'm not... Um, yeah, and I think that that's a key piece um, within that and deliver us from evil is this. I think it gives light to the fact that we have a real enemy. Yes. Because I also think that there are times that there are people well that, that don't believe that we're at war. That, they that, don't want to hear it. Right, because that, that doesn't feel good all the time. No, we want happy, clappy, yeah. hippie. Yeah. You know, can it just be rainbows and unicorns, as we say? But I think that what Jesus is showing us here is – this is a for real thing, and there's a for real enemy. Yeah. And uh, there's a quote here. I'm going to find it, so if you have anything to add before I— Well, our our war—I mean, the warfare vocabulary is in the Bible from the beginning to the end. It isn't just something that we've brought up because we're northern Michigan people and, you know, we want to sound cool or be melodramatic as a church. The, we wage war against our flesh— against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, according to the book of Ephesians. We're constantly at war, and while we're in this fallen world, we will be at war until Jesus comes back on a white horse, by the way, with an army behind him. And a tattoo. And a sweet tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and a sword and a robe yeah. dipped in blood. This yeah. is Revelation 19, if you think we're just making this up. That'll be the end of the war. Until then... There's this unseen war that's yeah. always waging. That's yeah. what I love. And I, you're the one that shared this quote um, by C.S. Lewis. And uh, this is something that I read this quote often just as a reminder because it allows me – I think it's I easy for one. me yeah. in ministry to not take my job seriously sometimes because it's really easy to buy into the lie that I just order pizza and babysit teenagers. Nah. And, and, and it, But it is. And so for me to look at this and realize that I'm a part of something that's so much larger than the tabernacle. Yeah. I love this quote. He says, In my enemy occupied territory. That is what this world is. Christianity is the story of how the rightful king has landed. You might say landed in disguise and is calling us to take part. This is my favorite part. In a great campaign of sabotage. That's right. Th- we are the resistance. Yeah, you know, there's I a message. That. You know, if you're listening to this and you've heard uh, this message that I've given quite often on the road, I think I've only given it once or twice, maybe here at the Tabernacle. But uh, the message is called the resistance, and it's we do live in occupied territory. And every time you pray, it is a subtle, small camouflage act of resistance. Yeah. You know, I always think of. Uh, uh, you know, kind of the World War II analogies yeah. when the Nazis occupied Europe, yeah. almost all of Europe and, and d- definitely France, you know, and how these little pockets of resistance uh, begin to rear 
you know, its head and, and just little, just little things, you know, yeah. when, when we worship, you know, it's, it's illegal. Campaign of sabotage. It's a campaign of sabotage. Yeah. And you know? I, and so I love that. And all right, back to you. Never your... thought about that on verse 13 yeah. is, is, but deliver us from evil. Yeah. Because I mean, it's, it's clear since the garden, we have lived in an enemy occupied territory. We have keeps lived us in, on our toes, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, and it's serious. It's yeah. not a game. This like we. I'm, I've said that so many times. It reminds me of Allen Iverson. Not a game. It's not a Talking game. About practice. <laughs> <laughs> not a game. It's not a game. But I think that um, Jesus lays it out there. And I think that when you first see the Lord's prayer, you're like, oh, Jesus made it simple for us. But as you dig in, and I hope that this podcast not only encouraged you to. Um, pray, but also to dig into scripture and figure out what it actually means, not to just glance over it. But um, yeah, I think that it shows us that there's there's a complexity to this. Yeah, it's not just a simple say these few words. Eh, may, say these it, magic it may have spell been very words. literal, yeah. and yeah. I may be wrong, but I think more than anything, Jesus was giving us prompts. Yeah, these are this is what you pray about. Yeah, right. Don't go on like clanging gongs, just talking, mm-hmm. so that people are impressed. But these are the things that matter. Yeah. Right. You live in reverence and you you praise God with your prayers. You ask for his will to be done. Then you can make your request. You can ask for the wallet. You can ask for the wallet. You ask for forgiveness because you need to understand that because we've been for because we give for been forgiven, that's why we forgive. Mm-hmm. And then the last piece is we're at war. And you're going to need help. And you're going to need help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're asking for help from the king. Yeah. And there's a last part to this that it's not in my Bible, but I think we say it. And we have time because yeah. we do long podcasts and people just listen. Here's the bonus uh, material. Yeah. And Here this we is go. something that's not in my Bible. And my fight club says it wrong all the time. because Maybe it's because we haven't read it. But um, it's the for thine, thine is the whatever kingdom. thine means. Thine, but, it's his. Yeah. yeah. For thine is the kingdom. King and the power. power and the glory, the glory forever. forever. Amen. Right. Ours, whenever our fight club says it, it's for thine is the kingdom. I don't remember. Send the water, Amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it's, and everybody Probably, looks like, <laughs> dude, I'm going to tell you exactly why that is. And I don't mean this to be offensive at all. Yeah. It's probably because in Manistee, you have a ton of refugee Catholics. Yeah. <laughs> now, we're just going to break it down. In the ESV, we don't see those words. I remember preaching through the Gospel of John, um, uh, you know, again, back in the day. And I pointed out to the faithful saints of the tabernacle that that little ending, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, amen, wasn't in there. And people lost their minds. (laughs) Lost their minds. I mean, it was like, what? Except for that one guy that had the King James Version. He's like, it's in mine. (laughs) It's in mine. So we don't want to take too deep of a dive here, but this is where to go to one of my favorite websites, Got questions.org which we will drop into the show notes so that, that you guys can yeah, find that, that website. That is a great website. And you can, and what I love about that website is it's searchable on all these little things because as you read your Bible, especially modern translations, which I'm a big fan and I don't want to make this about Bible translations, but we mostly preach and teach from the ESV, the English Standard Version at the Tabernacle because it combines authenticity to the earliest manuscripts with readability, right? It's kind of like the in-between of, so for those of you that maybe it's the in-between of an NIV and an NASB would be yep. the way I kind of, right. it's the middle ground. NASB is super accurate. Uh, it's what they use at a lot of high-level seminaries and doctorate programs because it's word for word. 
But if you've ever spoken a different language like I do, word-for-word translation from one language to another doesn't always work because they order their verbs and and the object of their sentences in in different ways. Um, Then you have modern translations, NIV, or way modern, the message, (laughs) right? Or the New Living Translation. I like the NLT. Yeah, Yeah. really like the NLT a lot. Um, And again, we're unapologetic and unafraid. I'm more of a fan of the NLT than the NIV because I think the NIV is trying too hard to change words that are important, like father. Absolutely. Because they want to be gender neutral. Yeah. Uh, the problem is, is gender is sacred. Yeah. And so that's why I'm I'm not afraid. And I, w- I would say this publicly. I, I'm not a big fan of the new NIV. And that's hard for me because yeah. NIV, not 1984, I memorized all my scripture in. Yeah. And then so, now, what does this have to do with the ending here? The earliest manuscripts don't have that little ending. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Is that ending biblical? Absolutely. It's called a doxology. And I think actually David wrote that in a psalm someplace. Well, what happened is we don't know for sure did Jesus attach that or not, but here's the good news. All scripture is God-breathed. So when we say the Lord's Prayer, traditionally, we have added that doxology to the end of the Lord's Prayer. There's nothing wrong with praying it that way, as many Protestants love to do. The reason that I said, you know, the guys kind of go watermelon, watermelon, maybe, <laughs> maybe, and maybe I'm wrong, right. you know, maybe I'm wrong, but many Catholics do not. And this really ticks off some Protestants because they're like, what? You mean Catholics have been more accurate in saying Lord's Prayer than we have? Uh, depends on the Bible translation. Right. So, yeah. Y- yeah. I just want to clarify to the guys listening, though, my fight club will beat your fight club up, so. Probably. Um, for those of you that don't Probably. know what Fight Club is, that's our men's ministries here. Yeah, we don't actually yeah. have Fight Clubs. But, and um, and and like you said at the beginning of part one, yeah. what, what we've virtually done in these last two episodes is followed a very easy Bible study model, the kind that we use at Fight Club and our women's Bible studies. But even if you never come to one of those, we followed the what's it say. That's where you read it or listen to the scripture. Yep. What's it mean? That's the bulk of our conversation. We've just been talking about it. Now, what's it mean for me? Yeah. And I think our goal, we stated up front, for you and I personally, we're indulging in these last two episodes. And my hope and my prayer is that for anyone, man, woman, child, student, listening to this podcast, that what's it mean for you as we've gone through the Lord's Prayer is that you'll want to pray. Yeah. That you'll want to connect to God, that you'll want to communicate with him, that you'll want to forgive, that you want to praise him, to call him your father. Yeah. You know how many people I've talked to over the years that struggle to call God father because they brought their daddy right. issues to prayer? You yeah. Know? Yeah. I think that's that's a key piece. And I think, too, just uh, the reason we used the model we did was just to give people insight to the fact that it's not a John and I sitting in our offices for 20 plus hours a week and studying and digesting and tearing apart the scripture mm, so that sounds so lame. with all these <laughs> Greek and all this stuff so that we can have these conversations, right? Like, no, we just open up the Bible. And I think that the key piece within that is it's not because we're pastors that we're able to have this conversation, but it's because we've spent time in the word. Yeah. It's nothing to do with any of those and things. And we're followers of Jesus, yeah. just like you are. Yeah. And I think that that's a key piece too. Whenever you look at just hand, just looking at getting the word and talk about it with people and, right. uh, Watch how it changes your life and also changes other people's lives. And with prayer, um, the best place to start with prayer is to start would be my piece of advice. Uh, how do I start praying? 
now would now. be my advice. Oh, good. <laughs> um, it's not, there's no magic potion. There's or no magic just thing. just do it. Yeah, absolutely. It's, <laughs> what do you think about prayer? Yeah, you should. Yeah. <laughs> right. Do it. Just do it. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, um, thank you guys for plugging in. Thanks for joining us. Um, this is the Tab Podcast, um, and you know that within that name of being the Tabernacle Podcast, there's always going to be a little ask at the end, right? We hope ask. that you're enjoying this podcast, but I have to admit something to you of my... I feel kind of bad. So this dude's bigger than both of us, could probably whoop us both at the exact same time, and I think you know who he is, Mr. Tom Kalita. Tom Kalita's getting a shout-out on this podcast? Yeah, he is, because Big Tom's my man, all right? Uh, this is my dude. We have a secret handshake and everything. But he messaged me. Who is more frightening, Tom or his wife, Tracy? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I can't answer that because I get to go to their house on Christmas. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. um, But Tom texts me, and he's like, how the heck do I subscribe and rate your podcast without Apple Podcasts? Oh, so great for those question. of you out there that have been grinding away trying to figure out how I'm to sorry, subscribe, I'm sorry, Tom. Please don't hurt us. Rate five stars. You can't. Um, we've just been messing with you. If you listen on Spotify, you can follow. But if you listen on Apple Podcast, that's where you subscribe. Okay, you rate five stars. But more than any of those things. Um, I would ask you to share this on your social media pages. Every week we share these episodes on our, excuse me, Tabernacle social media pages. And so I would ask more than anything, subscribing, probably not more important than rating five stars because John and I like the little Algorithms are real. So, but the more you share these, right, if you see a post about the Tabernacle podcast, liking it is cool, we appreciate it, but it does nothing for us. Retweet it. Share it. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. Share it with people that you think you need it. Share it with people that you think don't need it. But if the Tabernacle podcast is something you've been enjoying, it's something that I will say thank you as um, listeners because it's something that I really enjoy doing. So anything else, John? Just even even with the sharing, it it isn't just sharing it on social media. and I don't remember who told me this. It, it may have been you, bro. But it, it was uh, – they were basically saying that on the job site, they were listening to the Tab podcast. In fact, I've heard a couple people say this now. Is at their job site, they have it rolling, and then someone would be like, man, what are you listening to? And they're like, oh, it's a podcast from my church. You should check it out. So that is the best way. Word of mouth is yeah, the best way. Absolutely. And what really gets cool is as we build a library – because – Honestly, I know Britton, uh, I know this is true for him, I know this is true for me. We're, ju- we're not just doing this to hear ourselves talk. Right. I'm tired of my own voice, to be honest. I'm not tired of Britton's yet, but I'm tired <laughs> of my own voice. Um, but as we have different people, different stories, different testimonies, different subject matter, like prayer, if you can tell somebody, you know what, you should listen to episode like five or whatever number this episode I think yeah. was this like nine, yeah, nine, nine or, ten, or ten, yeah, where 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 you're like, oh, you want to know about prayer? You should listen to these two, where where that can help someone. You're you might be introducing them to our church for the very yeah. first time. Absolutely, you might be introducing them to Jesus in a deeper way. Yeah, you know that parenting one that we did just a couple episodes ago with Uncle Charlie. I recommended to like three or four people that were going through deep stuff with their kids. Yeah. I was like, you need to listen to this because it wasn't Britton and I talking. It yeah. was Uncle Charlie's silky baritone. Yeah. So I think that's huge when we Absolutely. can do that. Absolutely. And uh, so, yeah, keep sharing, keep supporting. We 
love doing this podcast. So I want to thank you as people that yes. listen to this podcast thank for you. giving thank you, thank you. John and I a creative avenue to come and just kind of uh, talk without rules. So that's fun. We really enjoy this. So thank you so much. Um, rate five stars. Share this. Um, and keep plugging in. If you don't have a church home and you're located in the northern Michigan area, we have campuses in Buckley, Michigan, and in Manistee, Michigan, um, where we would love to see you. Uh, if you're just up here vacationing and you somehow find our podcast, slide through. We have services on Saturday night and Sunday in Buckley and on Sunday mornings in Manistee. Um, we also have midweek services. We have fight clubs. We have tab women groups. Hopefully this podcast is something like, man, I want to get in a Bible study like that. So um, you can contact uh, just your campus uh, that you prefer to go to. And uh, yes, this is an ad because we are a part of the Tabernacle Church and we believe in it and we believe in what's happening here and it's because Jesus is a part of it and uh, we're just grateful to get to be a part of his ministry. Are we looking for sponsorships? Yes. Okay. Um, if Dairyland opens and they want to provide milkshakes on Thursdays, I know that yeah. a banana malt and a hot fudge peanut butter oh, shake would be welcome. And I just we want you to know that the 50-year-old one is doing the malt. The malt, that's all. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that banana malt. <laughs> we would accept a Dairyland Sponsorship, a Carhartt sponsorship. Adam Sharp. <laughs> um, we're getting close to that. Yeah. <laughs> and we would also probably accept a sponsorship from anyone that produces uh, beef jerky. Yeah. Is this correct? Beef jerky. Yes. Ebels, are you listening? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, we would love to monetize. No, I'm just kidding. We don't want to monetize. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, we love you guys. We love screwing around. And yeah. uh, until next time, Tab Family, this is John and Britton signing off. Yeah.